Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Something we discuss every year in the competition committee. We, we get kind of sick and tired of the, of the taunting that does go on from time to time on the field. We've tried to balance um, the sportsmanship with allowing the players to have fun and there's always a fine line there but none of us like to see that and uh, it's just a question of whether you can have rules that can be enforced without taking the fun out of the game too but nobody wants to see a a player taunting another player I know I certainly don't and I think the rest of the members of the competition committee feel the same way too John Mara, it sounds like, said we get sick and tired of the talking. It was transcribed with the word talking by the Giants, and it was sent out that way. We used it that way. We heard from the Giants last night that he actually said taunting, and they mistakenly interpreted it as talking. That's all I'm going to say about that. It changes the vibe a little bit. It sounded to me like he said talking, and it sounded to whoever transcribed it, by the Giants, it sounded like talking. Whether it's talking or taunting, they're sick and tired of it. Yeah. And that's why they've once again made it a point of emphasis. Chris, it was a point of emphasis in 2014. Point of emphasis is a fancy word for we don't think our officials are doing a good job calling this foul. And this is our way of getting their attention and ensuring that they'll do it going forward. And then they will for a year or two, and then they'll become lax again. Exactly right. And then the problems arise, and, it's, and then it'll be a point of emphasis in 2028. Yeah, no, you're right. That's kind of seems how it goes with this. I, I, I do. I mean, I've noticed the last few years, I felt like they've let things go a little bit more with people yelling and things like that at each other, you know, a little more trash talk, all those type of things. You know, I, I mean, I understand where – the competition competition committee's coming from here. You know, again, I like to see the, the end zone dances and some of the celebrations. But I, listen, I, I'm here. I'm one of the time. I don't necess- I don't like disrespect of other players. I don't. That's not the way I was raised to play football. It's just not the way you do it. And then you got to remember, like John Mara is part of like the holy grail of the NFL. It's like protect the shield at all costs. That's what they do. That's all he worries about. 
to a degree. So, yes, they're worried about the league and how it's perceived. They want to make it friendly for kids and moms and dads to watch, and the kid doesn't have to go, Mom, what is that, what is that mean linebacker saying to that, that running back there? Like, they don't want to see that. Or it boil into fights on the field that make the games longer and those type of things. So I, I get that. But, like, yeah. You know, some of this stuff, that, that's got to go. Like, that's just, it, it's not, to me, like, I know we're trying to have fun. It's not the most egregious, but I, I, nobody in the NFL is really going to like that, coaches included. And and there is a line, and it's a know-it-when-you-see-it type of exactly thing between celebrating and celebrating in someone's face. Right. And when it's directed to the opponent is when the flag is going to come out. We talked yesterday about the spinning of the football. I found our article from 2013 where if you spin the football out in the middle of the field, no problem. You spin the football at the feet of an opponent or while the opponent's still down on the ground, it's a problem. We saw that there, a spike at the feet of an opponent. It's a, a deliberate message right. to a specific individual. That's what will get you flagged. And, and, and I agree with you, as long as everybody understands that that this is the rule and this is what's expected. And the problem is the officials. That's what never gets said in all of this. The officials have failed to throw the flag when they should, and that sets the stage for retaliation. I go back to the the Antoine Winfield Jr. putting the deuces in the face of Tyreek Hill. Why? Because Hill has largely gotten away right. with running down the field and throwing the peace sign back at his opponents, which, even though he's not in their face, the message is, see you later, you, that guy I ran away from. Right. So if you start penalizing him when he's doing this, and this is the thing in the regular season that upset Antoine Winfield and should have been flagged and wasn't, that's when you're going to get Antoine Winfield to retaliate when he has a chance. See, that's that's taunting. That that should have been flagged. Yeah. That's why it's a point of emphasis, because those guys that you see there in black and white stripes didn't throw a flag when Tyreek Hill did something he should have been flagged for. Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, again, like that's that's to me the toughest ones there. I mean, is it would it be less taunting in your opinion if like he doesn't turn around at all and just like hide, holds up the deuces in front of him? You know that's where like I don't know. Or yeah, that's not, if you're if you're doing that running into the end zone, fine. But what he's as soon as he turns around and does it to the out. guy, right, right. Peace out to the guy who's trying to chase me. Why are you even wasting your calories trying to chase me? You can't catch me. You stink. I'm yeah. good. Peace yeah. out. That's right. the message. Yes, you're right. You're right, and that that has to go. Uh, I I hope they can you know find the fine line there of yeah maybe a guy like we talked about yesterday is doing that but not looking at anybody specifically high stepping into the end zone not trying to show anybody up to where they can let that go because that stuff is fun kids like watching that I like watching that but yeah like we talked I don't I don't like to see the receiver get up and spike the ball in front of the corner and do that type of stuff you know that's that's amateur amateur type stuff to me you know, the corner doesn't get to do anything to you when he's shutting you out for the last 12 passes. You know, he doesn't get a chance to show it up because the ball didn't come your way or do anything that way. Uh, so I understand the league stance on this, and you're right. I just hope that the, the refs can find that fine line. I've had players tell me this, Mike, too. Like, I want them to be able to hear where I, I remember I had – oh, I can't remember who it was. I wanted to say Brandon Marshall at the end of his career, one of those, one of those guys that I played with. But he was basically saying, like, he got – Oh, man, who was it? Either way, this person got flagged for taunting. And they were face-to-face -face with somebody saying 
like saying respectable things like man good hit way to hit me and doing like that and they threw the flag for taunting I hope they can differentiate between that stuff too because sometimes it looks like they're talking trash and they're actually like man good play you the man or like you know so I, I hope they can find that out yeah the body language goes a long way it toward does. letting the officials whether or not to throw the flag and look the, the the thing that bothers me about it, and I, I don't want to bog the game down with replay review, but it's 15 yards of field position, so you better be right. That's and right. I think that may be why the officials are hesitant. Agreed. If it's close, are we really going to throw a flag that can't be reviewed by anyone? This is another reason why they should have Sky Judge, Booth Umpire, who could in real time without activating the full replay process say, no, I don't think that was taunting. I'm looking at it right up here on this 80-inch monitor that I'm sitting in front of. It wasn't taunting. Pick up the flag. That's part of it. So if you want it to be called aggressively, you got to give them an out. You got to give them a way to save face if they throw the flag and then realize maybe we shouldn't have thrown the flag. Players threw the flag yesterday on what John Mara had to say. Now, again, this is based on the Giants sending out his quotes as him saying, sick and tired of the talking. I don't know how much of a difference it makes between talking or taunting because there was a negative reaction last week when the word came out that it was going to be a point of emphasis. But Alvin Kamara was upset. Adrian Amos said, I blame that darn rap music. Again, that was in response to Mara saying, or the Giants thinking he said, they're sick and tired of the talking. Kamara was at it again. Tyron Matthew had a tweet that he deleted. So uh, the bottom line is everyone's on notice. And what we're hearing publicly is no different than what the players are hearing privately. And the coaches have every reason to make sure the the players understand the rules because it is a significant chunk, 15% of the total field that flips when you do something like that, and the coaches are going to want to want to make sure the players aren't putting the team in a bad spot, Chris. No, no, no definitely not. You know, and you know, again, I, I think there is something to it about you know, yes, the look for the NFL, respecting your opponent, respecting the game altogether. You know, I'll go back to New England, and I can't I can't remember too many times I've seen their players taunt anybody over the last twenty years. They're not worried about like their you know after the play antics. Belichick, McDaniels, whoever the defensive coordinator, like, hey, screw all that. Get back in the huddle and remember what you do your job. What do you got to do the next play? We could talk later, you know, and uh, I understand John Mara and, and some of the old school owners certainly wanted to protect that aspect of the NFL. The two things I remember from the Belichick era as it relates to anything that would be remotely problematic, uh, I think it was Brandon Cook's riding horseback on Rob Gronkowski and right. they got in trouble even though it wasn't a penalty right and 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 it's Ed Reed day on here on PFT live because uh, I remember Tom Brady sliding one time and putting his foot up in Ed Reed's crotch I think he got fined for that but not flagged not quite taunting yeah but that those are the that only two weird, things right. I can think of yeah it doesn't happen do. very often I can remember England. Rodney Harrison doing the Eagles thing in the Super Bowl thing but of course if there's gonna be but he one wasn't jerk doing it to somebody but he, you're right but he right. wasn't doing it to somebody. He was running down the field, just flapping his arms. Flapping he's trying to get arms. a little extra velocity <laughs> as he's running down the field after he made one of his interceptions in Super Bowl 39. All right, let's take a break. We're going to take a closer look at some of the rookies other than quarterbacks and play a little game of which doesn't belong and why coming out of preseason week one. More PFT Live right after this. Some rookie performances from week one of the preseason. Man. Patrick Sertain, the second, jumping the route Eat it, and Vikings. taking it to the Eat house. It. Hey, I saw, I saw deuces there. Yeah. Were there deuces? There was no flag. You're right. There were deuces. Point of emphasis, my butt. How about 
Ravens linebacker Odafe Odafe Awe punt gunner. 251 pounds. Crazy. Proven his worth on special teams. Got a sack, teams, too, in the game, Getting Mike. down the field. Here's Kylan Hill, Packers' seventh running, seventh round running back. Yeah. 22-yard touchdown reception from Jordan Love. Jordan Love, nice little play. There's the got leap. Some, he's got I some thought he wasn't going to do the leap. Do the leap. You're a seventh rounder. Do the leap. It may be your only chance this year. Terrence Marshall, second rounder from LSU. With the 60-yard catch and run against the Colts on Sunday. I would think he's got Fumble a role in that offense, you know. Absolutely. Darius Moore, I mean, uh, you know, DJ Moore and company. Chuba Hubbard busting through the pack. 59-yard run, the former Oklahoma State tailback. Some good insurance in the event that Christian McCaffrey gets banged up this year. That's right. In Carolina. And then in that same game, rookie to rookie, undrafted rookie to undrafted rookie, Sam Ellinger, the guy who foolishly wanted to be Chris Sims when he was a kid. <laughs> grows up Ellinger and throws got the dra- ball down the field to late, Tyler Vaughn. Oh, he yes, got drafted. Okay, right. same difference. But we still they, we they like know Sam seventh a lot. round undrafted. They know <laughs> who we mean. I, for some reason, I thought he was undrafted. Maybe because he wanted to emulate Chris Sims. I just <laughs> you know, assumed that, that would be enough being, <laughs> yes. to get removed from the board. That's almost as bad <laughs> as Justin Herbert telling us at the combine that one of his idols growing up was Joey Harrington oh, yeah, and the face worse. you made in response to that. <laughs> I honestly I'd, didn't I'd know if Justin it, Herbert was going to make it when he gave us that answer. I was like, man, <laughs> if he thinks <laughs> that that's the that's his idol, I'm not sure. I'm not even going to lie. I am, I'm really All not. Right. <laughs> we're, we're which doesn't belong and why rookie preseason performances. Backup quarterbacks, Buccaneers, quarterback Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond of the Vikings, Davis Mills of the Texans. Which doesn't belong and why, Chris? Well, I- I'm going to go with Kellen Mond here, okay? For for And I know I don't, I don't mean to steal your Vikings player, but this is why he doesn't I belong. I don't care. Okay, good. This is why he doesn't belong and why. First off, unlike the other two, he had a late start to camp because he got COVID, right? So he's just getting into practicing. Second thing I would say is he doesn't belong in this group because Kellen Mond has starting quarterback ability. And I don't care what you do. I know he was 6 for 16. He still made some high-level throws in that game. He showed you that he can run a little bit and do some things like that and do some off-schedule stuff. So for me, Kellen Mond, as his potential, his talent, is a notch or two above Davis Mills and Kyle, Kyle Trask. I'm going to say Trask because unlike the other two, Trask has zero chance of playing this year or next year. And and that's one of the concerns the Buccaneers have with his development this year. They don't want him to treat it like a redshirt year. They want him to push himself. They want him to develop, even though he knows there is no way in hell he is getting on the field. Because if it's not Tom Brady, it's Blaine Gabbert. Remember, Bruce Arians said with a straight face, I right. assume that Blaine Gabbert's the most underrated player in the NFL. So there's no way Trask is anything before 2023. Mills could be the Texans quarterback by then. Mond could be the Vikings quarterback by then. Trask, no chance. All right. Running backs taken in rounds one through three. Pittsburgh's Najee Harris. Javante Williams of the Broncos, Trey Sermon of the 49ers, which doesn't belong and why. You know, Harris looked good in the second game as career at the Hall of Fame game. But I, I'm going to go here with with Javante Williams. Uh, but, uh, he's a guy – I made him my fifth running back in the rankings. I'm, I'm already nervous there that I think I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, Javante – and I think he had one big run called back. But to me, looks the part. 
I mean, really does. I mean, it, you, you know, sometimes you could just look and go, wait, that guy looks like he's an NFL starting running back and he's ready to go. You know, he's got power. You know, he is made for the NFL game. But here, these are the plays I'm impressed with. This is a power back, bouncing it outside, stiff arm, 15-yard gain. You know, Melvin Gordon better be, get, a, get back out there in a hurry because this guy's going to steal his job. So that, that's why I picked Javante Williams. Yeah, Melvin Gordon dealing with a groin injury. I say Najee Harris because unlike the other two, this guy is the clear yeah. right out of the gates, every down ideally Le'Veon Bell replacement right. a few years later in Pittsburgh that they so desperately need to diversify the offense. Fourth round running backs, Michael Carter of the Jets, Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots, Chubba Hubbard of the Carolina Panthers, which doesn't belong and why. Good group here. Good group here. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson, though, here for this one. You know, one, he doesn't belong and why because he's like twice the size of these guys. Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> is, a, I mean, he's LeGarrette Blunt. Except he's quicker and faster in a lot of ways. You know, I know he has 127 yards and 91 of them were on one run. But man, were there a lot of good five and six and seven yard runs to go along with it. You know, this I would be I, I wouldn't be shocked if this guy gets major playing time. He's got the size and physicality that New England likes to push the pile, always get positive yards, and he can make people miss and do things. I mean, come on. This guy's 245, 250, outrunning everybody. I know it's the second and third stringers, but that's still impressive. Uh, I like what I saw from him in, in the first game. I'll say Carter because the broad perception he was a steal, should have gone higher. And, you know, yeah. look, it's, it's way too early to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Between... Elijah Moore, the receiver, taking it in round two. You've got Zach Wilson at quarterback. You got a running back. Elijah right? Vera I mean, Tucker. You know, the, yeah, yeah, but but you've got the three guy, you know, the triplets. We don't talk oh, much of it because right, there really right. aren't there really isn't a group like that currently, and there hasn't been for a while. Running back, receiver, quarterback. But these guys are all coming in together. They can they, if it works for the Jets, you could have this nucleus of these three guys who are bound together for years into the future. So I'll, yeah. I'll go with Carter. Uh, edge defenders, Gregory Rousseau of the Bills, Rashad Weaver of the Titans, Aziz Ojolari of the Giants, which doesn't belong and why? Well, I I'm going to go with Rashad Weaver here, first off, because I loved him coming out in the draft, but he fell in the draft. You know, uh, Ojolari was a second-round pick. Rousseau was an end-of-the-first-round pick. Rashad Weaver kind of fell into no-man's land and I think is every bit as talented as those other guys, except more talented. I know he got a sack in the game the other day, but, you know, again – that that's to me what preseason football is all about. Like you said to lead the segment, look at the rookies. Do they belong? Is there potential? You know, does he look like, whoa, he's really behind the eight ball and he's got a lot of things to work on, man. I mean, I would be shot. I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of play this year. Rashad Weaver. He's just too big, long, and he's a natural pass rusher. He pressured the quarterback as good as anybody in college football last year. Uh, I kind of flying under the radar and he's, he's one of my uh, Chris Sims man crushes for sure. I'm going to say Rousseau, number one, because I know you were kind of down on I him was. a little bit before the draft. And, and I just felt like there was this, this, just, there was this narrative out there that kind of took on a life of its own. The guy is a giant. He is. I, the, the, when he walked out onto the stage the night the Bills drafted him, I was stunned at how big he is and also just the long arms, all the stuff that you need to be a great edge rusher in the NFL. We'll see if he can put it all together. But he was great when he played and uh, I, I'm, I'm rooting for him yeah. with Buffalo Bills. And he did have a sack in his preseason yeah, Mike, Mike, debut. I, I, do, I just want to hit on that real quick because you're right. Like Rousseau, those are sometimes the hardest guys to evaluate. Yeah, he was big and long. He had good stats, but it wasn't overly physical or overly great. 
But this is why you draft for potential at times because now he gets in an NFL locker room. He gets around other NFL football players. He looks at that guy and goes, wait, all I got to do is that and I can make $15 million a year? Plus he's got other alphas and a head and a, a defensive line coach that are always on him to raise your game. I missed out on Daniil Hunter for the same reasons. I kind of went, yeah, I see the athleticism and he's long, but he's kind of like a dancing ballerina. Well, he got in the right environment, and he's a killer, and maybe that's what's going to happen to Rousseau. It's something to watch for. One level up on the defense, linebackers, Michael Parsons of the Cowboys, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoro of the Browns, Zavin Collins of the Cardinals, which doesn't belong and why. Man, I mean, first off, they all belong in the NFL. I mean, Michael Parsons and Zavin Collins were phenomenal. They're these big, freaky middle linebackers. I'm going to go with Owusu Koromoa because he's outside the standard protocol for middle linebacker, and I was impressed. I wanted to see how he looked. It's a 218-pound linebacker. Man, as soon as he got on the field, you were just like, whoa, okay, he's not too small. Man, he can fly up into gaps. He takes on blocks better than you think for a smaller guy and all those type of things. All three of those guys have been phenomenal, but Owusu Koromoa fell to the second round, and people worried about his size, and I don't think I, I'm not going to worry about it now that I see that first preseason game. There was that weird thing about a heart issue, too, that came up. And this part of the gamesmanship that happens pre-draft. The Browns got lucky, though. They ended up getting a guy in round two that they thought about taking in round one. I'm going to say Zayvon Collins, though, because we, we talked about him the other day. Yeah. The versatility he brings Ooh. to the table, that Brian Erlacher quality where he can do a lot of different things. And we know how the Cardinals like very much the ability to move those pieces around right. every given play, any given play. Match a team that decides to go. You want to go no huddle? You think you're going to catch us in a bad matchup? You're not. We can put our guys anywhere, too. You put your guys wherever you want. We'll put our guys wherever we want. We got versatility all over the place on the back end of our defense, and Collins is going to be a big part of that. No doubt about it. I mean, Collins with Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons in the middle, yeah, like, okay, Russell, you want to scramble? Good luck. Oh, Trey Lance, you're going to be running around doing that for the 49ers? Good luck. That's why they drafted him for these versatile offenses that quarterbacks could do different things. But I'm with you. I think Zayvon Collins looked phenomenal in that first game against the Cowboys. Yesterday's draft was the coaches who need to show us something in 2021. When we return, the quarterbacks that we believe need to show us a lot this season. We'll draft that next here on PFT Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Football Draft Guide 2021 edition now available. The tools and the knowledge you need to draft with confidence and we know that the drafts are happening i try to do mine as late as possible for both of my leagues because i want to get through the preseason chris the last thing i want to do is get a running back who gets injured in preseason week two so i don't know why anybody does it before the hay is fully in the barn at the end of the preseason but they're happening all month long and that's how you can get the information to make a difference do you play fantasy football i got i'm doing it this year the first time ever i got a cousin who kind of my cousin jason you know, from Kentucky, lives in Cincinnati now. He's getting a few of the cousins, the family, even my dad, the big effort is going to get involved, and we're going to do the draft. It's the first time ever I'll be doing fantasy football, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, I You know, should be fun you, and You annoying. can't win. You, you can't win, though, because when you win, you're supposed to, and when you're you right. lose, that's when the family members start throwing up the deuces in your face. <laughs> yeah, right. You're an idiot. You do I this for you. a living. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I've been living that since 2006. I finally won the league that our family started in 2006 last year it only took 15 years for me to get to the top of the mountain all right uh let's get into today's draft who needs to show us something at the quarterback position chris i have a trivia question for you very simple which quarterback scored the most fantasy points last season man i i mean this is not my answer i want to say aaron Rodgers, but i don't think that's right i'm gonna go with josh allen here my boy blue that's my boy. I figured because well he's got those rushing touchdowns to go along with it, some rushing yards and things like that that Rodgers is not going to have, and he had more passing yards as well. So, all right, that's good. I like that. Um, let's see. My first pick, I'm going to go with Cam Newton. I am. I think that's the number one guy. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right now we'll see him week one. That will he give? Will he even get a chance to show us? Something. I know. That's well, that's right. You know, I mean, his show me something might start right now this week preseason game number two. Forget the regular season. Yeah, show me something right now to make the New England fan base back off a little bit off of the Mac Jones thing and just give everybody confidence that you can move the ball, move the offense, do the right things, all those type of things through the pass game and everything like that. It's a huge year for Cam Newton. I mean, come on, I'm not breaking news here. We know he's got to play well if he wants to continue to be a starter somewhere else in the NFL and continue his career that way. Yeah, this is year number 11 for him. He's done one-year contracts each of the last two seasons with New England. I'm going to stay in that same division because I'm going to go with a guy who's just getting started. I know. And look, Dolphins fans, I, I they get so upset when we point out the obvious. Well, if you're a Dolphins fan, you've got blinders on right now. You're not paying attention to the guy that owner Stephen Ross wanted to trade up and get at number one and was unable to do so in Joe Burrow. You're not looking there. And you're, not, you're definitely not looking out the other eye at the guy – that you didn't take at five, that the Chargers took at six in right. Justin Herbert. Right. You're focused on Tua, and you're trying to prop up in your own mind the idea that Tua is going to become Burrow and Herbert. This is the chance. This is the time. Especially because Tua came out and admitted he didn't know the offense well enough last year, and that's why he got removed from a couple of games. We like Tua. We're rooting for Tua, but we're not going to be blind about what's happening here. He clearly wasn't in the same class when he played last year of Burrow and Herbert. He's got to show us this year 
that he is. Otherwise, he will be the which doesn't belong and why of Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah, I, I agreed with you. I mean, yeah, he doesn't play well this year. Then, you know, Deshaun Watson rumors and stuff will come out again next year, and they're going to look to make a move. I, I mean, I'm again, I still don't think that's dead right now. I don't. I think if Nick Casario called the Dolphins and said, let's make a deal and made it favorable, I think the Dolphins would do it. You know, I don't know that, but we, you and I have heard enough to know from people that we know know that this was a real thing in the offseason. So that, could, that tells you that there was at least a little bit of a, a concern there. Um, so it is a big year for Tua, no doubt about it. All right, my next guy, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. It, you know, it's, it's time. Not that he has to sit here and set records this year or win a Super Bowl or be the MVP of football, but show that he was worthy of being that top 10 pick. He finally has a support system around him here. You know, the, you know, the Jets, I, I always took up for him. You know that. He was surrounded by crap, so at times he smelled like crap too. But here in Carolina, he's got receivers, a running back. They've kind of put together a pretty good young offensive line. Like, we should see something this year to go – that's why they took him in the top 10 in New York. And uh, I hope that happens. I'm rooting for him. It was a tough go up here in New York for him. So Sam Darnold, need to see something. The Andy Dufresne of the National Football League, Sam Darnold, uh, swimming through 500 yards of foulest smelling, et cetera. I saw uh, him. getting out of Shawshank. I saw him at a restaurant a few weeks ago. Can you Tim Robbins that? or Andy Dufresne? Well, well, the same guy for as far as I'm concerned, but Tim <laughs> Robbins. Yes, I couldn't believe it. My wife was like, there is a big actor sitting behind you. And, you know, I didn't want to look and be that guy. And her clue was literally like, he swam through crap. And then I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and that's how I knew. <laughs> well, we can tell that she's married to you. Yes. Uh, where, He's where, tall. Where, trivia, uh, second phase trivia question, not that it matters. Where did Andy Dufresne go when he got out of Shawshank? Oh, man. Something in Mexico. Something there, but I can't call it. What is it? What is it? Zewatanejo, baby. <laughs> Zewatanejo. I wouldn't have got that one. <laughs> All right. Next one for me. And, I, you know, this is repetitive. We hit on it last hour, but it's very real. Daniel Jones, no excuses tour 2021. You've got the weapons. Saquon Barkley's back. There's urgency there. The Giants didn't deliberately pick up a second first-round pick next year, but they have one now. Great ammunition to trade for a veteran or trade up to get a starting quarterback who would replace Daniel Jones. So we really need to see something from him. The Giants really need to see something from him, or there could be a major change at the quarterback position for the Giants in 2022, Chris. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I mean, yes, it's it's a big year. And again, I, I, you know, I don't know if it means he has to go to the playoffs, but we just you got to see we got to see good, consistent play. You know, him take advantage of some more big plays, not make the mistakes. We said, you're right. There, there's definitely a less of an excuse this year than any of the other years. There's certainly more of a support system there to be had in New York. Um, all right, man, there's some some good ones here left on the board. I think I got to go to Detroit with Jared, Jared Goff. Uh, I mean, for me, I almost look at it a bit a little bit like the Cam Newton thing. You know, yeah, it, I mean, of course, I'm not in love with Jared Goff's abilities and skills and things like that. And, you know, of course, McVay got a lot of the uh, the praise for his success and all those things. I'm sure that bothers Jared Goff. And, of course, the way the trade went down. Well, here's your chance. You know, show us that you are you were the real deal. You're, you're our starting quarterback. Because if it's an underwhelming year, he will be relegated to backup quarterbackville, I, I would think. 
So this is a big year for him to to kind of establish a future as a quarterback in the NFL as a starter. He made a comment recently that that the outside expectations that are very low for the Lions don't bother him, and it just that bothered me. Like, I you you use that as motivation. Don't ignore it. We don't pay attention to the outside expectations. Use that as your fuel. Look, he's making a transition from one of the platinum franchises in the NFL to a team that has been mired in dysfunction for most of the last 60 years. It's possible he's starting to realize it. Even though with a different head coach and a different GM and a different vibe, it's you can't clean out the culture in just one cycle. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. We're going to learn a lot this year. And you could almost tie Goff and Stafford together. Because we're going to find out You're right. whether at least the last decade was the Lions or was it Stafford. And a lot of it's going to depend on what Goff does in Detroit and what Stafford does with the Rams. And I thought about making Stafford part of it, but I would tie him to Goff. Yeah. Because I really do think we're going to be paying attention to what both guys do and what it says about their organizations. So last one for me, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz, the guy who's currently injured yeah. and who is feeling that urgency to get on the field. He had the disastrous season last year after he was so good in 2019 five and seven down the stretch they were entering the final four games everybody else was injured he wasn't and he he lifted them to the playoffs right. it all fell apart last year the Colts believe in him he's got to be patient get himself healthy but uh, he's really got to show us that he's the guy that he looked on track to be 2017 and 2018 pre-injury and also some of 2019, not the guy who had it all fall apart last year. Yeah, uh, without question. I mean, they made a big trade for him. They got a team that I think we both agree is in that kind of Super Bowl window. You know, and, and yeah, I've been a defender of him because it's, yeah, the last two years, you know, again, like there's nothing there in Philadelphia to make you think he can be real, real successful. So we'll see where it goes. It's a huge year, and I would think, you know, I, I don't know, Mike. The microscope's probably on him as much as any quarterback in football this year. I think him, Cam Newton, Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, man, people are really going to, you know, pick these guys apart in their play on a week-to-week -week basis. Because there are so many great young quarterbacks coming into the NFL every year now, there is less patience than ever with a veteran guy because now you can release the bird in the hand. And I think we're going to see more teams do that yep. sooner rather than later because it's not as big of a risk if you scout. And, and look, the, the, the teams have learned how to scout properly. They've learned how to coach up, take a guy. Hey, we'll just do what he did in college. But this is why we liked him. Yeah. We're going to have him do the same things here. It's right. not that complicated, but it just took decades for the NFL to figure it out. Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, some developments in the Deshaun Watson case from yesterday that we'll get you up to speed on and an event coming up later this morning that could lead to more developments in the Deshaun Watson case. We'll be back to wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Uh, Deshaun's here. Uh, again, every day he's here, he comes in, he works. Uh, you know, he, he, does, he does what we ask him to do. And, uh, you know, he's here every day and he's doing fine. Was he injured or... No, he's not injured. You know, he's just a, like you said. We, each day we have a we come up each day and we have a thing for him, and uh, basically we got done what we needed to done yesterday in practice. David, the Deshaun Watson is injured story was working, and now it's gone. See, because that's how they were going to stash him this year. We heard ankle and calf injuries. You put him on injured reserve if he's not willing to play. Coming out and saying he's not injured. Could complicate that, Chris. So that was not a fortunate moment for the 
Texans yesterday. Also unfortunate, Tony Busby, the lawyer representing 22 women who have sued Deshaun Watson, claiming that the FBI has interviewed him multiple times, raising the specter of a potential federal prosecution. Attorney Rusty Harden, who represents Watson, is going to have a press conference at 11 o'clock Eastern today. Wow to respond to what Busby had to say so we could get a little back and forth between the lawyers going again like we had early on. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I, I would, I'm not shocked that he called a press conference, especially after kind of those big statements Busby made yesterday about the FBI and all those things. But I do want, like, want to hit on the Cully thing like real quick just because, you know, what if Deshaun Watson's not willing to go along with the injured story? You know, maybe that's what he realizes. That's why he's saying it. You know, that's one aspect that at least came to my mind yesterday where they maybe well, that's why he kind of said what he said because he realized they weren't going to be able to pull that off. And how do you get injured if you pass a physical at the start of training camp? That's what was weird about it from the get-go. Right. He's got an ankle and calf injury. Well, he passed a physical, so what's the problem here? Yeah. If he's not actually practicing, if he's not doing anything, how does he become injured? Th that's the challenge the Texans have, and they may have to just carry him on the roster. The 53-man roster, they may have to have a spot for him there and uh, wait to see how things get resolved. It's going to be a long road, though, but some developments coming later today. That's it for now. We'll see you back on Thursday. Thanks for some of your time. Enjoy your day. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.